This is the new LOL podcast, and I am Karen Stewart. My goal is to challenge you, motivate, and encourage you to live your life boldly as a Christian out loud. Do me a favor. If you find anything of value, any motivation, any encouragement, help me spread the word like this. Share it on all your channels. And thanks for listening. Let's get started. If you have been listening to the podcast or reading the blog for any time recently, you will have noticed that I've been stuck on some verses that talk about loving God. And in particular, the verse in Deuteronomy 6.5, which says, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And then when Jesus was asked by one of the scribes in Mark chapter 12, 28 through 30, what was the first and foremost commandment? He quoted that same verse from Deuteronomy and added another part. He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. So not just your heart, your soul, your mind and all of your strength. And I've been sitting with that and trying to process it and wrap my brain and my heart around it for a while now. And I've been meditating on what those words actually mean. So listen to it another way. You shall love the Lord your God as you would a superior with the idea of duty, respect, veneration tinged with awe. With all your heart, with the center and seat of your spiritual life, the fountain and seat of your thoughts, your passions, your desires, your appetites, affections, purposes, and endeavors. With all of your soul, the very breath of your life. So with the full essence of the breath that God blew into you when you became a living soul. With all of your mind and its dispositions, imaginations and thoughts, all of your intellect and all of your thinking faculties and capabilities, and all of your strength, your ability, your might, and your power. What do you do with verses like that? There's so many things in the Bible that are just challenging for for me and my little small underused mind to comprehend. But these verses here, they are just not like a complete directive. They are absolute, all-encompassing. When you use the word all, that leads you to believe that there is no room for anything else. So if all of my mind, my heart, my soul, and my strength is committed to loving him, what's left of me to love anything or anyone else? Because all means all, doesn't it? All seems to me to leave no room for anything else. So could God really be asking or expecting something so extreme of me, of us, of anyone? It almost seems unreasonable or undoable or almost even impossible. How is a person supposed to function 
in a world living like that? And and what does such a thing even look like? And why can't I get this out of my mind? And I can almost hear some of you saying, you know, Karen, that's obviously a message, a word God has given you right now. I don't hear God saying that to me. But when Moses spoke those words recorded in Deuteronomy, he was directing them to the entire nation of Israel, not just one or two special people, but to an entire nation. And yes, I know that we are not natural children of Israel. But according to Paul, in his letter he wrote to the Galatians, chapter 329, if we belong to Christ, then we are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So that means that when Moses spoke those very words all those thousands of years ago, they were also for us. Jesus said this was the first and foremost of all the commandments. That means that none of us are excluded from living them. And so whenever I read these words, it brings to mind only one thing, total and complete obsession. That's what it looks like to me. And that seems crazy to me. Could God have actually formed a nation that he set apart for himself and then expected that divine group of people to live and be totally and completely obsessed and consumed with him and only him? Could that be possible? Now, I use the word obsession. The Bible doesn't say that. It's just what it makes me feel like, right? It's what make what it makes me think about. And so the definition of obsession is the domination of one's thoughts or feelings by a persistent idea, image, or desire. That's what obsession means, and that's what this sounds like to me. So, I mean, can you see it? I know I can. So let me ask you, have you ever been stressed out or worried about something that you couldn't get your mind off? A thought or a problem or a situation that consumed you all day, kept you up at night, first thing you thought about in the morning every day. Anybody ever had that? Or what about excitement or anticipation about an event, a trip, a visit? You kept reading the invitation over and over again, thinking about the journey, telling everybody all the wonderful things you were going to do or expecting to do. Have you ever caught yourself smiling at the mere thought of it? Just all by yourself, sitting at your desk or in your house, in your room, in your car, so excited you could barely contain the joyful expectation like you could hardly wait for the day or time to come. That's like a picture of obsession. Now, here's what I know. We all want some kind of balance in our lives. Even those of us who say that we love Jesus feel like we should be able to have some kind of fun sometimes. Like our entire life does not need to be about him. We feel like it's okay to go into the presence of God while we're in church or while we're worshiping or while we're in our secret place with the Lord. But it's not really necessary for us to stay in that place all the time, is it? I mean, balance in the world, but not of it, right? Yeah, see, but the problem with that is he never intended us for this to just dip in and out of his presence. He never intended for us to put our religion or our sanctification on the shelf or set it aside when it's time to do something we want to do or handle something that's not going the way we would like it to go. And if we 
truthfully do not find joy and pleasure in our ongoing relationship with the Lord. And there's other things that we actually find more fulfilling, more enjoyable, more pleasing. We really need to let the Spirit of God unpack that for us and show us what's really going on in our hearts. His answer might surprise you. Now, I am not saying that we should be spending all of our time, day in and day out, doing nothing more than singing hymns, discussing scripture, and wearing people out with it. What I am saying is that at all times, in every situation, no matter what we are doing, what we are engaged in, he should be our magnificent obsession. He should be dominating our thoughts, dominating our feelings. Meaning what? We should always be aware of the nearness of him. I'm not talking about, yeah, yeah, I know God is with me. We should be aware. It should be real. It should be tangible. We should feel him. We should see him. We should know that he's near us. He should be the persistent and ongoing idea that never leaves our mind. He should be the image that distracts us and the object of our affection and devotion every single day. Does it seem like maybe it's a bit much to you? I get it, but I'm not the one who said it, and I'm not the one who died for the reward of it. When Paul was preaching in Acts 17, 28, that was his message on on Mars Hill, he said, in him, talking about Jesus, we live and move and exist. And that sounds a lot like what he said in his letter to the Colossians in chapter 3, verse 11. Christ is all and in all. It all means all, then Christ. Christ is it. Now, let me be honest and completely clear. Just because I am talking about this this week, it does not mean that I have attained it. On the contrary, I believe that I am so obsessed by these scriptures right now because it is indeed the desire of God's heart that this be my constant reality, and it is not. And honestly, I feel like More often than not, I have such a long way to go, like I'm further away from it than I am close to it. But hear the cry of my heart and let it be yours also. Lord, I am sorry for all of the other gods and lesser lovers that I have given your place in my life and in my heart. I desire for you to be infused in every choice in every thought, in every action, in every idea. Please, Lord, be my magnificent obsession so that I can live boldly and effortlessly every day out loud.